Today we are talking about the quarterback position. How did Zach Wilson and his backups do in 2021? What should the Jets do at quarterback in 2022? We'll discuss all this and more on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, February 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. This podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Our motto is your team every day. No matter what team you root for in pro or college sports, there's a Locked On podcast covering it, producing new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, click the subscribe button. And if you're on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up. It will help other Jets fans find the channel. Our episode today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about the quarterback position. This is going to be a new series on the podcast. Prior to free agency, I'm going to go through each position, talk about how everybody performed in 2021, and what the Jets should look to accomplish this offseason in each position. And we're going to begin talking about the quarterbacks. And to be honest with you, I've kind of put off beginning this series because I'm a little nervous about talking about quarterbacks because people want to hear good things about the quarterbacks, especially when you just had a rookie People would like to hear that everything went great. I'd like to tell you everything went great, but the fact of the matter is it did not this year for Zach Wilson. I think it was a very difficult rookie season for Zach Wilson. I don't think things went well for the most part. There were some exceptions in there. There was the game against Tennessee where he really kind of led the Jets to a victory. He made a lot of plays in that game. There was the late season game against Tampa Bay where he, for the first time, I think really looked comfortable in the pocket. Seemed like he was going through his reads. It was kind of coming naturally to him. He was decisive with the football. And there were some moments within games where he played well. The second half against Carolina, that was a pretty good half of football. There was the first half against Philadelphia. Jacksonville, he made some plays with his legs. It wasn't a great game through the air for him, but there were some moments there. But I think if before the season I told you Zach Wilson was going to have the 31st best completion percentage the 29th best touchdown rate, the 26th lowest interception rate, the 30th best yards per attempt, the 31st best passer rating, and the 30th best QBR in the league, you would have called me a pessimist. I would have called you a pessimist if I told you that. And I think it's clear that the Jets probably misjudged Zach's readiness to begin as the starting quarterback on day one. I think they thought he was a little bit further along than he really was. And perhaps this is part of the calculation. I think last year, the Jets really went young on both sides of the ball. And their theory was that even if they had to live with some bad plays, even if they had to live with some rough games, even if they had to live with a lot of losing, the experience will help the players going forward. And perhaps that's part of the calculation. But if we're evaluating Zach Wilson in 2021, I mean, there's one game he had with a passer rating above 90. There are three games he had with a passer rating above 85 and three games where he averaged more than seven yards per attempt, which is kind of like the baseline for competency in the NFL. There were some good moments, but there were more struggles. And I think like one of the things that helps Zach a little bit is 
there really were not many good quarterbacks from the rookie class in 2021. Usually you have like one or two guys who immediately looks like they, they belong, who you can tell immediately this guy is going to be a player in this league. 2020, you had Joe Burrow and you had Justin Herbert. In 2019, you had Kyler Murray. 2018, you had Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. And by the way, Baker kind of shows you if you follow his career trajectory, first impressions are not everything. So just as you can't write a guy off, who struggles immediately just because a guy has a good first year doesn't necessarily mean they're on the way to stardom. But in 2017, you had Deshaun Watts. In 2016, you had Dak Prescott. There really wasn't anybody like that in 2021. Maybe Mac Jones a little bit, but he wasn't as good as a lot of those other guys I mentioned. And there's also the questions about how much of it was him, how much of it was the New England system with Belichick. So that maybe that's one of the things that benefited Zach a little bit this year. But, you know, for the most part, I think it was a pretty big struggle. I think he struggled to read defenses from the pocket. I think he struggled in his pocket presence. I mean, listen, if you can make plays, I'm not saying you, you can't dance around in the pocket if you can make big plays, but we did not see a lot of big plays from Zach. And it felt like every time he did that backpedal thing, it just kind of backfired on him. And listen, I want to make a couple things clear here when I say Zach Wilson struggled. That doesn't mean I'm writing Zach Wilson off. That doesn't mean I think that the Jets should just get rid of him. That doesn't mean I believe Zach Wilson's finished. It doesn't mean I believe he cannot develop into a good quarterback. And it also doesn't mean it's all his fault. Listen, the Jets had a lot of issues, and especially when you talk about the late season games, the last three games in particular, they really were not putting a credible group of receivers on the field for Zach. And he still had some success in those games. So there are some positive notes, but in all honesty, there's more negative than positive. Now, another positive I think you'd say is after he missed a couple games around midseason, he came back. And while he was turning the ball over quite a bit early in the season, after his return from injury, he did a much better protecting the football. In fact, prior to the injury, he had a 4.7% interception rate. I mean, that's like close to unplayable. After he returned, he had a 0.9% interception rate, which is very, very good. Under 1%, you throw intercep interceptions under 1% of your passes, you're protecting the ball very well. But there's a caveat in there. He was also less efficient when he returned from injury. Prior to injury, he was completing 57.4% of his passes. After injury, that fell to 53.9. Prior to the injury, he was averaging 6.4 yards per attempt. After the injury, that fell to 5.7. So he was protecting the ball a little bit better, but he was making less plays. And he wasn't making all that many plays to begin with early in the season. Now, again, with the caveat, late season, and this all counts, this all matters. Late season, you have to factor in. The receivers weren't that great, especially those last three games, so it was a little bit more difficult on him. And even without the receivers in the lineup those last three games, I thought two of the games were pretty good, especially that Tampa Bay game where he really looked authoritative from the pocket and was decisive and making good throws. But there were lots of issues. I talked about reading the defenses. I think that there were many instances, especially early, early in the season, where he was forcing balls he should not have tried to force. I think pocket presence was an issue. I think we all know that short throws were an issue you got to be able to hit short passes in this league. I mean, I heard some people criticizing the Jets for making him throw too many short passes. That's the NFL. you got to be able to hit short passes. So I think Zach needs a lot of work. And I kind of feel like this could go one of two ways. And listen, let's forget about comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Let's forget about comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. There were many lofty comparisons made prior to last season. And I don't know that it's really fair to ask that of any young quarterback and I think you're putting too many expectations on him. And I don't like doing that, especially because when you ask, when you like say this young guy is going to be like Patrick Mahomes, 
it's almost like a disappointment if he's not. And you don't necessarily need to be Patrick Mahomes to be a successful quarterback in this league. But you know, based on the season we just had, Zach's a long way off from that. And I don't know it's a realistic expectation to have him go from a rookie who really should not have been playing to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I feel like this could go one of two ways for Zach. I feel like one is that in, uh, the guy I use as an example, because this to me seems like a realistic goal to get to, at least in year two. I remember Jared Goff, his rookie season with the Rams back in 2016. He looked awful. He looked unplayable. He did not look like he belonged in the NFL. Uh, there's a great story about Troy Aikman going to a Rams practice that year and saying he wasn't sure if Jared Goff could throw a spiral, which kind of seems embellished, but gives you the, the idea of the extent to which Jared Goff was really struggling. And he came back year two, and he just looked like a different quarterback. And the Rams won the division. And I understand Jared Goff is not exactly the greatest goal. He's not the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but he was good enough for the Rams to win with while he was there when they surrounded him with the right pieces. And Jared Goff is nothing to mock. I mean, he's, he's a credible NFL quarterback. He's not a great NFL quarterback, but he's a credible NFL quarterback. Now, is he the goal for Zach long-term? I mean, I don't know. But for year two, if Zach comes back and he, he looks like a different quarterback, and he, even if he's not an elite quarterback, if he looks like a guy who belongs in this league, to me, that's very successful. To me, that's something you can build on. And from there, you hope he gets better. Maybe, you know, I, I still don't know if Mahomes is a realistic expectation, but from there, once you get to credibility, then you can start to build and, you know, try and enter that upper echelon. But I think the first step has to be getting there. The other alternative is that he doesn't look a ton better. And we do what we always do with young quarterbacks. We did it with Sam. We did it with Gino. We did it with Mark Sanchez. You kind of like try and seek out some statistical area where he made progress. I think we I think we saw this a little bit with Zach after he returned from injury. Everybody always points out the interception improvement, how he wasn't putting the ball in harm's way as much. Well, they ignore the efficiency numbers went down. But I think what happens with these young quarterbacks is even when they don't get better, you try and find some statistical measure by which they did. And you try and kind of sell progress, but it just doesn't feel like it's there. That's the other all outcome. And I don't know which of the two outcomes it's going to be, but I feel like if he's better next year, you'll know it. You'll know it right off the bat. He's just going to look like a different player. And if you followed Zach's career, I think if you're looking for some optimism here, he started slow in high school and he developed himself into a good prospect and his college career, he started slow. So there's a history of improvement from, from year to year. There's a history of kind of slow starts where he picks things up and eventually figures it out. Will that happen in the NFL? I don't know. And this is why I go back to what I'm saying, what I was saying earlier. I'm not ready to write Zach Wilson off. I think the jets are going to give him a year or two. I think you have to have hope that he develops, that something comes together for him, that all of these struggles as a rookie make him better, that he learns what it takes to succeed in the NFL, that he becomes more comfortable with all the complex looks defenses throw at him, that he under that he becomes more acclimated to the, ski, the speed of the game, that he figures out which throws he can make and which ones he can't, that the playmaking we saw at BYU kind of develops from as the game slows down. I think these are all reasonable hopes, and I don't think you should look at this that Zach's going to be an MVP candidate next year. I don't think that's fair to put on him. I think if Zach goes out there and is a credible quarterback, a credible quarterback on a rookie contract is a tremendous asset for a team. That's something we can work with, and that's going to have the Jets moving in the right direction. So I think a difficult rookie season for Zach. There were some bright spots in there, but overall not exactly what we were looking for. 
hopefully we'll see some improvement in year two. And really, as much as anything, it's about the trajectory. It's about getting better. It's not always about being the great, greatest guy at the beginning. It's about growing. So hopefully Zach will. Now, ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to talk about a couple of the backups the Jets had. The Jets had their backups play a lot of games this year. The Jets had a number of guys step into the lineup this year as backup quarterbacks. We'll talk about them ahead on this Tuesday episode of Lockdown Jets. Well, we're all hoping at some point Zach Wilson leads the Jets to the Super Bowl, but that's going to be in the future. This year's Super Bowl is over. However, basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day. The show is available and free on all platforms, including YouTube. Today we are talking about the quarterback position for the Jets in 2021. I spent the first segment talking about Zach Wilson, but there's more than Zach. Jets actually had four quarterbacks see significant action for them this year. It was that kind of year for the team. Now, Josh Johnson left the Jets. He signed with Baltimore late in the season, but the Jets had a couple other quarterbacks start games for them this year. One of them was Mike White, who came out of absolute nowhere and led the Jets to a victory over the Bengals at a time the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC, and the Bengals, of course, went on to the Super Bowl, so still a game that's tough to believe. And I go back to what I said to my friend Michael Nania last week. I take full credit for that because I watched Mike White in training camp, and I watched him in preseason. I thought he was awful, and I thought if he ever had to play, the Jets were finished. And he goes out there and throws for 405 yards against the Bengals. So Mike White exceeded all expectations. He's going to be a restricted free agent this year. And Jets have a decision to make. So a restricted free agent means that the Jets actually do have some rights with this player. They can offer him a one-year contract. And White can sign the one-year contract if he wants. He also can seek out offers from other teams. And if he gets an offer from another team and he signs it, the Jets have the option to match that offer. If the Jets choose to match that offer, White is retained on the contract he signed. If the Jets choose not to match that offer, they may be entitled to draft pick compensation depending on how much money they offered Mike White on the one-year contract that they offered. So that's how it works for Mike White. If it was up to me, I feel like I'd bring Mike White back to see what he can do. We don't really know what he can do because he only played that game against the Bengals, then he played a good first quarter against the Colts, and then he had a really rough game against Buffalo. The thing is, I don't know how much the Jets believe in him. Because they traded for Joe Flacco right after Zach Wilson got hurt. And then they played Flacco in a game against Miami where, in all honesty, it was kind of difficult to understand why they went to Flacco. Even though White had kind of a rough game the week before against Buffalo, it kind of felt like he had earned the right to start that game against Miami. But for whatever reason, they did not believe in him. So I almost wonder like whether it would be in the Jets' interest to, like, give him that one-year offer and either let him go and get a draft pick in return, or if he signs the one-year offer, offer to trade him, I'd kind of like to see him in camp. Now, in all honesty, if the Jets don't believe in him, they might be right because that game against Cincinnati was a lot of dump-offs and the Bengals never adjusted. White just loved to dump the ball off to his running backs. He did not throw a single pass that traveled more than 15 yards in the air in that game. So 
I'm a little skeptical that Mike White could sustain it. I was not impressed at all from by what I've seen out of him in preseason. You know, if you look at his preseason history where he's been going up against backups, it's not that good. So I kind of understand it, and the Jets see him every day. You know, we always say that, you know, you have to see what you have. You have to put a player on the field during games. Well, teams get to see what they have every day in practice. We don't get to see that. So maybe the Jets don't believe in him, and maybe this is just the time to sell high on Mike White. But I like having as much quarterback talent in camp as possible. So I personally would like to see him back. But if the Jets don't believe in him and want to sell high, I guess that makes sense. I just would not let White go for nothing. If you're gonna, if White's going to leave, I think you get something in return for him. Now, the same I cannot say for Joe Flacco. And I'm sorry. Listen, I have a lot of respect for Joe Flacco. Tremendous career. Very good quarterback with the Ravens for a stretch. Can never take away the, the Super Bowl. Had a tremendous postseason in 2012. Again, I, I respect Joe Flacco's career. But no more Joe Flacco. I, I've seen enough of Joe Flacco. He started the game against Miami, and he played the way you'd expect Joe Flacco to play. Not that efficient. Hit one big play. Offense wasn't horrific. It wasn't the worst. You know, it wasn't like a historically bad offense, but it was not a very efficient offense that day. I think it's over for Joe Flacco. I think it's been over for Joe Flacco for years. Maybe he can be a backup somewhere. I mean, listen, we're talking backup quarterbacks. We're talking about the guys who are typically the 33rd to 64th best quarterback in the NFL. So he's probably in that category. But to me, he's like a low-end backup. Is he a guy you can count on to win games? Well, listen, he started five games for the Jets the last two years. They haven't won a single game. So I don't see the logic behind bringing Joe Flacco. It's not like the Jets want to. It's not like they wanted to bring him back last year. And they gave up a pick to get him back. And I just, I don't know what they see in him. I mean, he might be a good locker room guy. I'm sure he is. Lots of leadership. I'm sure he's, and again, he's had a good career. So I guess there are things to like in Joe Flacco as far as leadership goes. But we're not talking about a coach here. We're talking about a player. We're talking about a guy who's an important player on your team. I just don't see the, the rationale for bringing back Joe Flacco. I, I think they might, but Joe Flacco has been finished for like seven years now. There's, I just, I don't see it. So I think, I, I worry that they're going to do it. I think it's time to move on from Joe Flacco though. What should the Jets do this offseason at the quarterback position? We'll finish this Tuesday episode of Locked On Jets by addressing that ahead here on the show. You know, as the Jets look to fix their team this year, they're going to need their quarterbacks to take a leadership role. You should know this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the place to go if you want to fix your car or truck. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto, because Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Just go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about the quarterback position for the New York Jets. It's our first episode in a series reviewing the Jets position by position. We've talked about Zach Wilson. We've talked about his backups. Now let's talk about what the Jets should do in 2022. 
Now, it's obvious Zach Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback for this team, so really we're talking about what happens behind him. And I believe that you should just try and accumulate as much quarterback talent as possible. The NFL is a weird place, and sometimes the most common-sense things become things teams avoid. And the way teams handle their quarterbacks is a perfect example. The most important position on the field, your starting quarterback gets hurt, having a quality backup could be the difference between saving your season or ending your season. Yet there's this perception in the NFL, you don't want to overinvest in your backup because you could undermine your starting quarterback. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's just this weird mindset. I mean, if you, if you were starting an NFL team, the position you want the most depth at, I think, would be quarterback because it's so important. And we've seen examples. The Eagles, where Joe Douglas worked, won a Super Bowl because they had a good backup quarterback. And this past year, I think the Jets got, got themselves into the mindset that they wanted to show Zach Wilson this was his team. They did not want to bring in a veteran who could compete with him. They wanted to show Zach this is your starting job. They wanted to make him feel secure. And that's fine. I guess it was fine for last year. I did not love the, the mindset, but I guess you can understand that the team was not really looking to compete last year. So, And Mike White did surprise everybody, but I think you've got to bring as much quarterback talent as possible. Me, I'd bring back Mike White. I would like to see him back. If you're not going to bring him back, though, if you don't believe in him, get something for him. Because he's got to have some degree of value after throwing for 405 yards against the Bengals team that went to the Super Bowl. A Bengals team that almost won the Super Bowl. you got to be able to get something back for him. I'd rather keep him, but I understand it if you want to deal him. And I guess I've been saying this, you know, I, I've been of the mindset that the Jets should deal him because I don't think they believe in him. There's a difference between what I would do and what I think the Jets would do. I think if the Jets don't believe in Mike White, then they should at least get something for him. Beyond that, I think you just go out and find the best backup you can find. And listen, there are not a lot of great options on the open market. I mean, you go through the list. Anybody who's a really a good quarterback in the NFL, anybody who's a quality starting quarterback in the NFL has a starting job. So you're not talking about the great quarterbacks in the NFL, but and you can look through, you can see the veteran names. Just make sure you have somebody who seems credible. Get the best credible guy you can have in there. It's not so much to push Zach Wilson. I don't really agree with the idea that Zach Wilson needs the pressure of competing for his job. I think that, you know, Zach Wilson's an NFL quarterback. He was the number two overall pick. He's probably a self-starter. He probably understands what's at stake if he doesn't work hard enough. And I think he, he's, by all accounts, a very hard worker. So I don't think you have to worry about Zach Wilson working hard enough. I don't believe he needs somebody to push him. I think you get a quality backup for more tangible reasons. Something happens with Zach Wilson that's not expected. You want somebody who can get in there and run the offense. And yeah, you have Mike White, but you want as much talent in there as possible. I don't have a problem keeping three quarterbacks with White as one of the options and then a third guy who is a credible veteran. I think that's, to me, that's just that's just common sense team building. It doesn't seem to be common sense team building in the NFL. The NFL's pretty much of the mindset that you don't have a backup who can threaten your starting quarterback. Well, I don't agree with that. So... Get a quality backup in here. And beyond that, listen, we talked about Zach Wilson's struggles. We're going to go a little bit beyond the quarterback position to close out the show. When you had a rookie quarterback who showed some struggles, that means you got to do everything in your power to build around him. That means you got to make sure you get a legitimate number one receiver. To me, that is one of the primary objectives this offseason. Don't bring in some credible veteran. You have a credible veteran in Corey Davis. You have a young ascending player in Elijah Moore. You have to go out and get another big-time receiver, whether that's through an early draft pick or whether that's a big free agent move or a big trade. And there are going to be plenty of names out there. I mean, we've talked about some of the names who could be available. I mean, I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be available, but, you know, Amari Cooper, there are plenty of names out there. And you could still talk about the guys who could be early draft picks. So 
go out there and get Zach a big time receiver. You got to do everything possible to help this kid out. And that's all you've committed this much to him. You got to make sure you've put you've done everything in your power. You you don't want to be in the position where if it doesn't work out, you you sit there with regret because we've been there before where the Jets had a young quarterback, things did not work out. And you're saying they did not do everything in their power. If it doesn't work out with Zach, you at least want to be able to say we did everything in our power to try and make this work. We did everything in our power to help this kid out. So go out there, Jets, and get a number one receiver for this kid. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Our motto is your team every day. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up. It helps us out quite a bit. It helps other Jets fans find the channel. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.